geocaching in rural Washington State. Um, there's this particular geocache that uh, you get kind of close to, and um, apparently um, the the coordinates aren't aren't exactly revealed until you're very close to it. And it turns out the coordinates are revealed on the collar of a llama. A llama standing there with uh, a plate on its around its neck with the coordinates on it. Maybe I can put a picture of it on the site. Um, so I think that's that's really a worthy cache to look for next time you're in rural Washington State. And there's llamas about. You know, maybe check on it. Um, this is not alpacas, uh, not camels. And, and very important, I think, that it's llamas themselves. So ge you can geocache and the coordinates are on there. Put your arm around the llama, take a selfie, send it to me. I will send you a gift certificate to the uh, socially distant low-end chain restaurant of your choice. Um, I, I'm thinking like below um, Red Robin, above... Uh, Wendy's. That's a sweet spot right in there. So think about it. Send it to me. All right. Geocaching scripture. Here we are. Geocaching is this rarefied sport hobby of finding these little treasures in different places. If you find the coordinates around the neck of a llama and use your GPS to find it or whatever, you find these little, there's never anything too, too valuable in a geocache. It's usually just a, a can with some things in it and a log that says you've been there and the fun is in the finding. Um, and so geocaching, I think, is a perfect metaphor for the way I've interacted with Scripture as I've gotten older. Gone to seminary, been in ministry. I was born on Saturday and in church on Sunday. Um, I mean, you know, Mark Lowry is what passed for all the humor at our house. Um, we all wanted to grow up to have eyebrows like Carmen. You know, it was it was just that kind of atmosphere. And as I've gotten older, you know, Scripture got very well-trodden. And what I found, and I think what God gave me, are these little geocaches. So I have tiny treasures in the big truth. Little history, piece of history, language, cultural situation, all kinds of things that uh, let us see the dimension that's already in Scripture. And with that, I'm done introducing it. Josh here coming at you. I have left the bank blanket for it for today. I mean, we're all on quarantine. Do I need to be in a smaller, more enclosed space? So I'm outside because it's gorgeous and I'm in my car. Um, and I'm not going to apologize for that. There's going to be car noise. There's going to be dog noise. There's going to be twittering birds. There's going to be wind. There's going to be all kinds of different things. And that's just how it's going to be. So sit here with me and listen. Um, Today, uh, I just, first I want to check in. You know, how's everybody doing? This is a very strange, strange time. Um, almost perfect for Holy Saturday. Holy Saturday is is today, right now it's Holy Saturday. So the day between Good Friday and Easter. Um, and it's this time when when the disciples, Jesus' early father, followers, were sort of holding death in one hand and resurrection in the other. Um, they were right between death and resurrection, which is where we live, which is what this quarantine's like. We don't know how long it's going to go on. We don't know um, how badly the economy's going to suffer. We don't know what kind of world events are going to come out of this. We just have no idea. And so right now, the whole world is holding its breath 
on Holy Saturday, which to be honest is where we live most of the time. We experience death of emotionally and relationally, and then death of our loved ones and death physically eventually. Uh, we also experience resurrection um, spiritually and seeing all these, you know, people um, we're given consolation, we're given joy. We have all these different joys in life um, that we can't deny the existence of. So we can't deny uh, death and resurrection are both irreducible parts of life. Stop preaching, Josh. Start geocaching. Okay. All right. Scripture today from John 20. And I've got my neighbors pulling out, so I'm making a tons of noise. This is an authentic experience, okay? So stay with me. John 20. Having said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing, but she did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said to her, Do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father, but go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord, and that he had said these things to her. John chapter 20, verses 14 through 18. And I think, um, you know, this is one of those things that's been... Um, done in a few Jesus movies, done pretty badly sometimes. Um, and fun to see how people interpret it. Um, but it's very interesting that here was Jesus, and they thought she thought he was the gardener, which is, it speaks to a lot of things, but the geocache here is the garden imagery. The garden imagery. Every time you see a garden in Scripture... Every time you see things growing and that kind of thing, it's it's hearkening back to Eden. When God is there, the garden is growing. And this is Jesus coming back at the time of recreation. Recreation. When the garden is growing again. And he is indeed the gardener. And in Eden, it was God looking for Adam, and Adam lost. Adam lost. And God crying out, you know, where are you? I want to walk with you in the cool of the day. The beautiful Genesis phrase. And here Jesus finds Mary. Jesus finds Mary. And she doesn't even know who he is at first. And then he says her name. He says her name. So Jesus, the gardener, Jesus in the garden, it's all starting over. It's all recreating again. It's all coming up from nothing again. And here is Jesus in the garden, just as God walked in the cool of the garden with Adam and Eve. Do we see that? Do we see that? This recreational language. Have you seen that in your own life? Are you looking for it in your own life? Are you looking for it at a time when we're at a very strange time, the whole world is holding its breath? And we're waiting for the gardener to come, to appear again. And that connection between death and resurrection, between pain and joy, and how God makes our pain into joy and all these things, is some, something that theologians have been knocking their head against forever. Um, and if we step back on Holy Saturday to say, 
There is death. There is resurrection. There is pain. There is joy. There is inexplicable agony. There is inexplicable celebration and blessing. Neither of them are going away. We have the problem of pain. We also have the problem of pleasure. Neither of them are going away. And the connection entirely between death and resurrection, between Jesus being laid in a garden tomb and Jesus being mistaken for a gardener, is not entirely known. We can't know what that connection is entirely, but we can know that there he was, and there he is, over and over again. In our lives, in the lives of people we love, in the lives of people who don't even know him explicitly by name, we can see him in that joy, all over the place, and hear him say our name over and over and over again. Listen for your name this Easter. He is risen indeed. Pax Humana. Cheers.